Hello, everybody, and welcome to Everybody Hits, our Phillies podcast on The Athletic. I am Bo Wolf, joined by Megan Montemiro. And Megan, uh, still uh, no baseball. Unfortunately, no baseball. <laughs> Unfortunately, no baseball, but uh, that doesn't mean we have nothing to talk about. So uh, we're going to get to our update on your out-of-the-park baseball simulation for the Phillies as the, the general manager. I want to know if you have uh, curried better favor with the ownership than last time we talked. But before we do that, uh, there's uh, there's some, I wouldn't say news necessarily, but like news about potential news. And, uh, you know, there is there is some optimism about potentially getting to play a baseball season at some point this summer. Obviously, this is all speculation and we don't have, you know, nobody has any idea what the next few months are going to look like. But uh, it sounds like there are, uh, you know, people behind the scenes trying to think about ways in which we can make this happen. So so just sort of update us on 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 the latest and and what some of the ideas that it could look like are. Yeah, so on Tuesday, USA Today published a story that talked about how um, another scenario the league is considering is a three-division realignment, um, which would be implemented for this season. Um, So you'd have the East, West, and Central. And uh, in the Phillies division in the East, you'd have the Phillies, the Yankees, Mets, Red Sox, Nationals, Orioles, Pirates, Blue Jays, Rays, and Marlins. Um, and so it'd be interesting to see how they would configure the um, playoffs. So who's getting? Out of that I'm, I'm kind trying of to alignment. think about that. Who, who's getting? Who's getting whacked from the East for the Pirates? So so for the East, you have the Braves in the Central Division. That's the main. Oh, uh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So. I, I just did a, a live chat on uh, Wednesday, um, and one of the questions was, you know, would this alignment hurt or help the Phillies? And, I mean, I think for the Phillies, yeah, you obviously have a couple big hitters, mainly obviously the Yankees, um, but I I think you would kind of consider this a win. I mean, you're already in a yeah, generally speaking, where if, right, swap out before the, the yeah, five swap teams. out the Braves for the Pirates. That's a, that's a win. Right. I mean, you were already four of the five teams were already, you know, trying to make the playoffs. The Marlins were, you know, on paper going to be better this year. And so instead of having to play all those teams a bunch of times, you're also adding in the Pirates, who normally they only play six games all together, um, plus the Blue Jays, who are kind of, you know, in, in, I guess, sort of a rebuilding mode as well. And then, of course, the Orioles, they, they're <laughs> probably going to be one right. of the worst teams in baseball again. Um, so, I mean, I don't, it, it Although, definitely doesn't hurt know, adding those it, kind of teams. If last year is any indication, the, you know, the Phillies will hold their own against the Yankees, but then, yeah, you know, lose right. nine out of 19 to the Orioles, right? Oh my Something gosh. Crazy. Yeah. I think fans will lose their minds if that happens. <laughs> but, but I think if you're, if the, if you're the Phillies, I mean, this definitely sets things up well for you. I mean, I calculated that of those 10 teams, I think it's safe to say five of them would be legitimate contenders for the postseason so i mean you're basically adding a lot more worse teams <laughs> to the phillies schedule right. um so that, that would certainly be an interesting alignment and so this would be under the proposal of there just there being like three hub cities right one in for the west coast teams in arizona one for the central teams in in i think the dallas area and then one for the east coast teams in florida is that right well, it sounds like under this scenario, teams could play in their home ballparks, which is why they aligned oh, really? it 
oh, okay. in part for this reason. That is one of the other scenarios that I forget who I think maybe it was ESPN that mentioned a right, scenario I think a where an article, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think in this case um, they did the the location based divisions to ease travel um, and oh, okay. you'd be able to 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 play games at your home ballpark. I feel like um, I feel like. Uh, like adding on layering and travel to this is probably mm-hmm. not the smartest thing, or at least doesn't strike me as the most likely path forward. Right. I mean, the Phillies are fortunate in that, you know, and us who cover them, like you can take a train and the Phillies often do right. to New York. Um, you know, you can do that to DC, Baltimore, um, even Boston, if you really wanted to. Um, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh is technically within driving distance. So, Technically, you could really cut down on a lot of potential travel, but yeah. Let's I mean, get these guys riding the bus again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's no way to completely eliminate it. Um, and I think the one interesting wrinkle is, obviously, you know, the, the Blue Jays are in Canada. Um, and so, like, are, how much is that going to be an issue if, if Canada's travel restrictions, yeah. you know, are they going to let pro teams travel if if everything else is really shut down for, for most other Canadians. So it's going to be interesting to see what they end up settling on. It sounds like in May they'll they'll reach some sort of clarity on what path they're going to take. But I think for the most part, teams would prefer to be able to play games in their home cities, even just from a logistical standpoint. Um, I'm surprised by I, I that just, a little bit. I mean, well, I guess I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense that the teams would prefer it, but I feel like it's so much more complicated to to layer in travel than if they all the you know if ten teams were sort of in a in, within an hour's right. driving distance. I mean, the one difference is you would think like guys would be able to have their lives and not have to be like in that biodome kind well, of scenario where yeah. where you know there are guys like Reese Hoskins lives in Philadelphia, so like. You know, he's been here. He's he's been out and about in Philadelphia. So, mm-hmm. whereas you know, all of a sudden, then you need to find housing for all of these guys. Um, That's true for an indefinite period of time. So, I mean, there is no, there's not going to be a perfect, obviously, setup. Um, but I think having a home base that isn't their spring training facility, because especially too, if there's no minor league season, which sounds like that could be in play. You know that facility is going to be in use for whatever guys they keep down there and have whatever kind of season or camp or whatever with minor league guys and prospects at the complex. So there's there's definitely a lot of logistics that have to get worked out in the next month or so. So this is an interesting uh, path of the discussion, I think. And again, this is like all completely theoretical, um, but you know we might as well talk about it. If there were, if there, if this was the the path forward. You know, what is the dynamic? What would be the dynamic with, you know, like an Alec Bohm, for instance, if he's not on the roster, but you want him to be prepared to potentially come onto the roster at some point? Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be one of the more fascinating questions that they have to answer because you figure, you know, if they do this, a realignment and any sort of realignment that has American League and National League teams in the same division, I mean, they're going to have to implement a universal DH for the season. You would think i don't see how you could mm-hmm. do that you know with mixed teams together um so in that case i mean i think that's a huge benefit for the phillies in a number of ways you uh can get jt real muto off his feet more um True. you know maybe you have a guy a more 
powerful bat and Jay Bruce getting more at bats. And then the biggest wild card is Alec Bohm. I mean, do you have him start the season, even though he hasn't played triple A games and, and gotten experience at that level against those type of pitchers, you know, do you put him on the big league roster and get him regular playing time as a DH? And then that way, you know, you can keep your infield defensive alignment as is with Segura at third um, and Kingery at second, and you have a stronger defensive infield unit. Um, you know, I mean, I think it's a, a scenario that they have to consider. I know a big question will probably come down to service time and what gets decided on that for, um, for minor leaguers this year. But I don't know. How, how would you approach that if you were the Phillies? That's such an interesting question, right? I mean, I, I, I suppose, well, and the other thing is like, could it be, it's possible that it could be expanded rosters too. Right. Um, mm-hmm. right. But yeah, I mean, I think you're, you're, you're presumably keeping the facility open in Florida and you need guys ready, right? I mean, you're always going to need live arms ready. It's, it, it would be a really interesting uh, problem to have to solve for, for these organizations. Well, and in Bohm's case, I mean, is he better served, you know, being on the big league team and getting some somewhat regular at-bats as the DH or at third base versus playing games down at the complex? I mean... You know, I don't know how much how much does that help a guy who yeah. whose whose offensive profile is already pretty mature. Yeah, I feel like you know, if you were casting aside like uh, contract ramifications, mm-hmm. it would make so much more sense to just have him with have him with the roster. Like, I mean, it's not like he's going to be playing. Like as you said, it's not like he's going to be playing. You know, a minor league schedule. Uh, certainly that would be better in my in my mind than uh, you know simulated games against the same guys every day right well and plus too I mean the Phillies have made clear they're in win now mode and so if you're having a shortened schedule um, you know where say it ends up only being 100 games you have less margin for error if you get off to a bad start you're you don't have 100 more games to make that up and so you know, I think they have to seriously weigh the Bohm equation. And even if you extend it beyond him, Spencer Howard. I mean, this is a guy who is already going to be on an innings limit. But if he's not going to be getting experience at AAA and you were planning to call him up at some point this season anyway and have an impact, then, you know, maybe you start the year with him in the rotation and find a way to maybe give him some rest at midseason and – and go from there. I mean, I think that's another scenario that that has to be considered, especially when, you know, the three guys competing for the fifth starter spot didn't really have anybody separate themselves during camp. Well, and listen, here's the other thing. Like the the only reason we're even talking about these like crazy s- solutions for getting baseball on the field is that like it's an entertainment, right? Like baseball is not an essential business. The whole point is that uh, you want to you want to a like give people something to watch and and something to feel better about, and B like take advantage of those of those uh, eyeballs who have nowhere else to go. So you might as well be playing up the entertainment factor. Like you might as well give the fans these guys they want to see and Alec Boehm and Spencer Howard, right? Like if if you're gonna lean into let's entertain the people, then entertain the people. Right, and then I mean obviously as you mentioned, you know you have the, you have the business side of things and. The, the service time issue will never be completely ignored. And I think that's what makes Bohm's situation in particular tricky. But, you know, Spencer Howard, I mean, you were already going to be starting his clock <laughs> this year. Mm. I know it might not have been until, you know, maybe early June. But, 
um, it was going to happen at some point. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how teams evaluate the margin of error for the season. Because again, if, if you feel like, you know, you cannot afford to have a bad first 30 games, well then maybe you need to take your top talent that you expected to potentially contribute at some point in the season and start the year with those guys. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I mean, there would be so many fascinating decisions to be made. Like, uh, you know, like, a, like an Andrew McCutcheon, right. A guy who was coming, mm-hmm. coming off injury. How, how aggressively do you push him? Things like that. And then the other thing is like, even if they start playing, there's no guarantee they're going fin- to be able to finish. Right. So, um, I don't know. It would be, it would be fascinating. But it, it, it yeah, at least I allows mean, us to uh, think about stuff. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's like the biggest thing right now is everybody's <laughs> throwing out suggestions and ideas. But, you know, who knows what it'll actually look like a month or two from now. So, I mean, I'm just talking about this as an observer, but you are an experienced general manager. So you've got a much different perspective. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got a whole like 50 <laughs> fake games under my belt. <laughs> How, so how are the Phillies um, yeah. doing? When last we spoke, it was what a week or two into the season, and things were things were not looking good. But you've turned things around a little bit. Yeah, they they they've bounced back. Uh, the offense is still one of the worst in the National League, but okay. uh, they're hitting a lot of home runs, and so that helps Beautiful. a lot. Um, so as of we're, we're up to um, the end of May in our athletic okay. um, outside of the park sim league. Um, or out of the park, sorry, out of the park sim league. And uh, right now the Phillies O-O-T-P are twenty nine. To, to those in yes. the know, <laughs> uh, the Phillies are currently third in the division at twenty nine and twenty five, um, five games back of the first place Nationals, and then the Braves are about three games ahead of the Phillies. Um, so yeah, things things have gotten better. Uh, I finally promoted Spencer Howard, and he made his major league debut and pitched pretty well. Uh, he allowed. Did two you save runs it for and... a? Did you save it for a home game so you'd get the the attendance? Bump? No, mm. unfortunately, no. He he made his debut <laughs> on the road in Colorado. He also didn't get the best in Colorado. Oh, what a tough, yeah. <laughs> what a tough debut. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, when I promoted him, he the the spot that he took was literally the next starter's like game. But like the way we sim it is, it sims a week's worth of games. Right. So I kind of had to put him in that spot. Otherwise, it would be another week worth without him. Okay. Um, so he held his own at Coors Field. Uh, he allowed two runs in four and two-thirds innings with seven okay. strikeouts and three walks. Um, I did put a pitch count on him to start the season at 95 pitches, which is why he didn't wasn't able to get the win. Uh, he got pulled Sounds after reasonable. the – yeah, the four and two thirds. So that was encouraging. And uh, in the process, I promoted Alec Bohm to AAA. So he's a step closer to uh, getting his big league okay. call up. And then since we've talked, I made the big trade with the Orioles involving mm. Chris Davis and Nick Pavetta. So Chris um, Davis and people, Nick Pavetta. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Some, some people weren't fans, which I understand, but you know what? I feel like I've written a lot in the last couple of years about how the Phillies <laughs> should use their their money and their financial capital to their advantage. So I kind of felt like I would have been a fraud if I didn't go through with mm. a trade like this when it was presented. So, so uh, where where's Chris Davis playing? What's the what's the uh, right now? Here? He's on the bench. Um, this game seems to hate Reese Hoskins apparently in every form. I because saw I you wrote that. Tweet it. 
Yeah, if people tweet at me that in in their season of this uh, of their sim league that he has a terrible terrible offensive numbers too. So Chris Davis might get some run and some at bats at first base. Um, but the the key to the trade was was reliever Michael Givens who didn't necessarily oh, okay. have a great year last year, but he's still a great reliever. Um, of course, like in his second and third performances in for the fake Phillies, um, he basically gave up like eight runs in two thirds of an inning. So not the best start to his Phillies career, but it can only go get up him there. off the mound, Joe. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So it, it's been fun just try, trying to see how you can improve a team, especially when they get off to a bad start. Um, but yeah, there's still a long season to go. Uh, we just started doing our, uh, the MLB draft. So, oh. um, yeah, so that'll be interesting. Um, I already made my first pick. Um, so we'll you, see you're how You're not taking like received. a, uh, like a high floor college reliever just to uh, streamline him to the, to the majors, <laughs> are you? I did not. Uh, so I actually picked a, so I had the 15th overall pick. And I took a right-handed high school pitcher uh, named Jared Kelly. So. Oh yeah, he's got uh, some he, helium. Yeah, he's uh, he's yeah, he's only 18. He doesn't turn 19 for another like five months. Um, and he's definitely one of the top prep arms in the draft. And so I, I decided I couldn't really pass up that opportunity and you know as you hear every organization say you got to take or you can never have too much pitching and so i figured with the promotion of spencer howard you know it doesn't hurt to add another top arm to the organization i like that how now how are the uh the expectations from ownership coming in last 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 you uh last we spoke yeah i I still um i still need to (laughs) hit some of the goals that were outlined to me. I still haven't upgraded center field, which it's going to be tricky since I have two guys playing out there right now. I'm not really sure right. how to do that. Um, and that's all the other thing I learned doing this, doing the Chris Davis trade is like the Phillies don't really have a lot of spots to like improve on. in, in a sense, like you have guys locked in at, at most <laughs> offensive positions. And so, right. That's tricky. I don't. I'm not really sure yet how I'm gonna do that. And then it. One of the other ones was acquire a Cy Young Award winner, um, right. which, like, I outlined it. And so, like, if you want to like figure it out, there's definitely some like lower tier former Cy Young Award winners, like Felix Hernandez, I could potentially acquire. Um, okay. I know yeah. one. I know one subscriber commented. Yeah. Right. I know one subscriber commented like. Maybe it doesn't mean a pass winner, just someone who could win, but that seems very vague. Mm. So I'm assuming maybe it means you could sign like Eric Gagne to the bullpen or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did go through to look through all the pass winners, and let me tell you, it's quite a list. So yeah, um, we still got some time to the trade deadline. Bartolo, though, so get, Bartolo must still be able to throw a couple innings. Yeah, or find a R.A. Dickey. I mean, you don't need to have much arms, oh, yeah, arm there you go. power to, to throw the knuckleball, right? So, yeah. So, no more accomplishments have been made in terms of the the goals outlined by ownership. So, I got to I gotta work on that in the next month of games. Do you feel like you have, have like, learned anything? 
Um, well, I mean, I think definitely like the trade negotiation part, uh, because it's not like, you know, you're playing a video game. Because you weren't doing that through the sim. You were doing that with the owner in the, okay. Yeah. So I was like, uh, Slack messaging back and forth with our Orioles writer, Dan Connolly. Um, and yeah, which I kind of outlined in the story, but like, yeah, you're not, you're not going up against a computer where you think you can game the system and like get a trade in your favor. Um, yeah, you're going back and forth with an actual person. And so that definitely made it tricky and definitely kind of gave you insight into like, okay, where are you going to set the line of where you're not budging on? Um, and like, what's a required piece of your deal. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting because we both had different goals we were kind of trying to accomplish in the trade. So seeing how those two sides tried to work together to, to find something, um, was fun and challenging. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. (laughs) Uh, well, what else is going on? How's, how, how else is uh, quarantine life for you? Not too bad. Just trying to stay busy. I'm cooking a lot more dinners, um, especially this time of year when I would usually be at the ballpark at nights. So, um, yeah, so definitely cooking more. um, Are you trying trying out like new recipes or are you like leaning on Um, old classics? Kind of a mix. Um, I've been trying to cook like steak more at home. Okay. Um, like I found some good marinades to try out, so that's been fun. Uh, made some good chicken meatballs. Nice. Um, yeah, so just trying to get a little creative to break up the monotony of day to day, week to week, um, and <laughs> trying like eat a little more. Yep. Right, and trying to eat a little more healthy than you would when you're on the road, and you know you're eating dinner at the ballpark, or you know right. you're on a road trip and having to eat out for most meals. So, um, yeah, that's been nice. How about on your end? Uh, just the, you know, the daily juggle of, uh, the child with uh, both of our work schedules. And then we had the, had the NFL draft last week. So that was a, uh, that was a marathon, but, uh, yeah, as, as I said, every, every day is, uh, you know, lasts a month, but also goes by very quick. They all blend together. So, you know, who knows, who knows how long we'll be here. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I feel like we're kind of entering the home stretch, but I think the fact that there's no Oof, I hope so. start date, there's no start dates for anything. I think that's kind of what it makes it feel never ending. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, who's to even say, like, if you think you would, if, if they go forward with this theoretical plan, do you think you'd be going to the ballpark or you think you'd be just covering from home? I'm assuming we would be going to the ballpark. Um, okay. I mean, I think if you're broadcasting games, I mean, you're already having people in the press box. Um, And so, yeah. I mean, I feel like that would be a hard thing uh, for for leagues to not allow. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where that cutoff point is, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I I would think if you're a league, you kind of need people to cover you, but. Right. Well, I guess guess, uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. (laughs) Yeah, we'll find out, I guess. We'll find out. Uh, all right. Uh, I guess that'll do it for this episode of Everybody Hits. I enjoyed the Larry Bow interview, by the way, Megan. Nice nice job on that. That was a fun listen. Thanks. And for anyone listening that hasn't taken our Phillies fan survey, I recommend you do. It's currently posted on the site, and you can vote on it until Sunday night. There you go. And, of course, if you don't subscribe to The Athletic, you can do so now for uh, a 90-day free trial. 
and I think at 40% off at uh, theathletic.com slash everybody hits. So make sure to do that. And uh, I think we'll be back next week with another uh, another interview potentially. So so hang on for that. That should be fun. And that'll do it for this episode of Everybody Hits. For Megan, I'm Bo. Shout out to the Gelbs. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>